Right, so we're doing our POSIC uh, test design. We've just said that in the deposit test vov chapter test that they had um, they were given the mon and they were given mayim and they were told to go to the soil and they hazidu they objected they deliberately said no we don't want to go into the soil while yakshuas orpon they stiffened their their necks stiffening a neck is a constant expression we find all over the place and it really means you you, you stick to your ground you don't you don't badge which is often a very good thing I mean the fact that Jewish people stick to their their ground means we're being prepared to give up our lives for our religion you know we we will not change particularly Yekas are good yeah. stick to yeah we stick to our our, our approach with the corn says of, of water I mean I, I, it's not I'm going to now but the whole thing he says for example if you've got a stone and you make a hole in it. It's very hard to make a hole in the stone. But once you've made that hole, it stays. Because if you put your finger in water, it's easy to put it in. But then, once you take it out, things are as they were. Yeah. So somebody who's a who's amkeshe is actually a good miller. That means once you've got it into your cop, you stick it. And that's why he says in relation to that, to the uh, to ta- the 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 on, on tanesim. We end up with the Anka Anki We even suggest these. Yes, that's exactly what a Christian had complained about. They are Ankishayov. And we say, Oh, says Moshe, forgive them. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Says the God, forget, that's the vote. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, Yeah, all right, they haven't accepted you. That's because the Jewish people take it time to get into their cop. But once they've got it into their cop, they stick to it. Yeah, they're not like water, which you put your finger in and take it out and no roast them. They are. You're gonna, it's difficult to get them impressed, but once you do, they'll stick to it. You, they need a process of of education. Most of the was told. So, the mice at this moment in time when they were told to go into the soil, they stiffened their neck and weren't prepared to to move. Now, actually, they weren't, of course, but they had decided and wanted to appoint somebody. Loss of love, love to return to their work. They, they said, let's appoint somebody who will take us back to Egypt. And the Possek is now saying, this means that they wanted to appoint somebody as their leader who would take them back to slavery. And that's what it means. The Miramom in, the, in their um, rebellion. Yeah. And you, the God of uh, forgiveness. And you didn't desert them in this situation. Although they, I mean, you, you, he tried to build it up. They've given them the, the water, and they've given them the mon, and they've given them the, the honor, and they've given them the ash, and they'd seen all these miracles which had taken place in Mitzrayim. Quite apart from these miracles, which also were kind to them and looking after them. And he says to them, right? I promise to give you it's all, you know, go in. Oh no, don't want to go, want to go back to slavery. I mean, it's a bit of a punching ponium, isn't it? Maybe you'd feel a bit annoyed if you were trying to do something to somebody else and he was refusing. So nevertheless, Kodesh Baruch Hu did not desert us in that moment and say, right, you want to go back? Go back. No. Af, even though this wasn't the first time that they had been misbehaving. They had previously made an Egel Masecha. 
this eagle, and nevertheless, they'd be forgiven. When they said about that, you're trying to point out how crazy this is. You just made, you made something. They themselves had made a golden calf, and then they're saying, this took you out of Egypt. It's a rather weird sort of thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Vayasu and you, you did, they did these great things which are this, this great, Noatsu uh, is when you, um, antagonize, what? Provocation. Yeah, provocation. Mm-hmm. You would have thought after that, he would uh, say, alright. <laughs> Jump in the lake. <laughs> Whatever. And they didn't desert them. And carried on as before. It's Amur Onon. They saw Meoleim. They still had the Onon. Yabiyamon. Chesamadeh. Just show them the way. Remember Chazal also say the, the one in front of them. It, it not only went and showed them the way. That it also knocked down the, the, the hills in the way. And lifted up. You know, so you actually were going in, in, in a, on straight land. Rather than going up and down. Yeah, there's they had some sort of lighting at night. The way in which they should they should go. I never quite understood this because you can't be walking day and night, can they? I mean it must mean when they were travelling by night. But if not, they had a light anyway to in case they wanted to eat something. And even now, although they've sinned with both the Agel and the and the Maraglim, with your your good spirit, you gave to them to make them wise. Now, now what is, is this? Now, one shitter is that this is talking about Nevoah, because they, which fits in with the word Ruchacho Hatoiva, your good spirit. That is, that there was Moshe Rabbeinu who remained the Navi, and of course you had the Shivimish who became Nevim. So there was a Nevius occurring to them, God was actually communicating with them, notwithstanding their their sin. It may not be Bechibah until all of them had died, but never as they were, there still was a communication. And also... All the learning is a part of a speech now. It's all one great big long speech. Yes, right. Or it could be the stun that they that they were given an ability to understand Torah, to take it in. They didn't know that much. I mean, these were... Whatever you say, uh, Mr. Mr. Samson, about the Yidden who left Bovel, the the ignorance of the Yidden and Mitzvah must have been a lot more. Not the Levium, but the the other Yidden. I mean, this is... They they would be told De Novo, Kashrus and Shrita and everything else. Whom are we addressing now? The people in Bobel. The uh, people who come out of Bobel. Right? He's, yes. he's referring back to the people in Mitzrayim. So far, we, 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 we left Mitzrayim. It's it's a, 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 a historical speech. I mean, that's because I'll say, during this period of re-education, they were um, enabled to learn Torah, to understand Torah, to, uh, to, to pick it all up. And during this period of time, you carried on giving them this marvelous bread, this marvelous food. And there they were in the in the desert, and never had a constant supply supply of water. So this was kindness, Scottish Baruch, who carried on 
giving them the cloud and the and the fire and the water and the and the and the what do you call it and the uh, and, and, and the bread all this time when they had been naughty. I mean, he's ignoring the fact that they were also travelling around and it was a you know there was a fair bit of uh, unpleasantness as it was meant to be, but uh, nevertheless they were still being looked after. They were being punished, but being looked after, if that's the right way to put it. For 40 years, they were fed in the, in the desert. They, 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 they weren't lacking. They, was, yeah, they always had it. Another point. You know, normally you wear clothes. Bit by bit, it wears out. And here, their clothes somehow didn't wear out. The ability was given to their to the wool or whatever that it just did not well, you know did not wear out it's interesting it doesn't seem as if women needed to have a new, new different, different changes of fashion it seems as if fashion didn't exist <laughs> well, otherwise it wouldn't be much of a you know but it's, <laughs> can you imagine women nowadays putting up with clothes for, for 40 years and so the same clothes and of course another point of course I mean if it, it not only didn't wear out it had to change with their with their size. So if you had a baby and you're giving him a one clothes and as he goes older he's got to grow with him, doesn't it? I did I, I told you tonight that story of Rebukhana one case and it was Simcha's trailer when a, one one girl was joined in with the where the men was and he called the girl over and told her, Tell your father we're not in the midbar. So the girl goes to her father and said, Daddy, Rebukhana says, I should tell you we're not in the midbar. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so he said, um, came along and said, well, What do you mean? In the midbar, the clothes grew with the person. Your daughter has grown, but the clothes <laughs> haven't grown enough. <laughs> Very nice way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah, also, you know, without screaming, you know, the skills not, not properly dressed, he's just saying, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ragleham they will take you, and they're fit. And of course, of course, by the way, also the clothes were washed. Were washed. There's another function of the of the anonym. It was a sort of a washing. We were talking about anonym. Remember, there's an, an, an underneath them. It was a it was a like a carpet cloud. So you weren't walking on on the hot sand, and you weren't uh, and it wasn't harsh. It was it was soft, and also you had clouds around you to protect you from the enemies. And also, one of them apparently operated as a dry cleaner. You sort of put your your, your, gar- your garments in, and they got washed and dried. Yeah, I mean, I'm not making it up. I mean, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Vagleim and their their feet did not become like botzik. Botzik is like dough, um, as we you know, you, it swells because it becomes hummus. Their feet did not swell up when you walk too much. Your feet can swell. Somehow their feet didn't swell, and it also means that therefore their shoes didn't wear out, because that wouldn't have, have, have uh, they would have. Okay, let's see Rashi so far. If there's any Rashi, not sure if there is any Rashi. Um, deposit Yud. Um, you deposit Yud. Yep. Yud Gimel Kamai Um no, we did that one. Um, so, or we not? Was it Yud Gimel? Yud Gimel is. No, we did that Yud Gimel. So it's Tesvov. Lavavom said Min Rav. 
Lulavon means from their hunger, that is to deal with their hunger, they were given mon. Yomi Lulavon Kamei min Tsomo, the Tsomom, it also means that they were no longer thirsty. They were given water. Asher is Yodho, Bishvua. That is, he's pointing out God had not just said going to Israel, he promised it. So he had to perform it, and he'd now told them, um, and he'd seen all the miracles that he did, so obviously he was capable of doing miracles, and he just said, go into Israel, which I promised, and never as weren't prepared to believe. Bishvur commercial associates, Yodei Lossesos. Bemirion Bishvil Merishola, because of their rebellion, they weren't prepared to believe Hashem when he said, go into Israel. And, Test is this further, right? Yeah, um, is it? No, no, your test. Ah, what, what Rush is worried about in Posit your test is the word, um, Bahaderech. There it says the Omer Arnon didn't go away from them, and Lanchisom Bahaderech. Now we never write it that way, we always call it Baderech. But this, when you really think about it, it really should be B-Ha-Derech. In, B means in. Ha is the. So it should be B-Ha-Derech. And you should always say, therefore say, B-Ha-Whatever. But we don't. We always somehow drop out the hay and it becomes Ba. So, so Rashi just says, that means Kamei Ba-Derech. Uh, right. Now what happens next? Cuff base. Vatitain lohem mamlechois v'amamim v'techalkeim v'peil. God now gives over to them kingdoms and peoples were handed over to the Jewish people, and they were techalkeim where they were separated out to the end. Now this could we could refer to the goyim, that is, they were scattered now and just sort of ran away. It could also mean maybe that the Jews themselves were given a place, a sort of con- con- specific place where we were. Now, which people we talk about? Sorry, what? Well, pale comes from the edge of, is an edge, oh. like you have it in the edge of a, of a field. It's called, you have a mitzvah taking pale. So it could either mean that the going was scattered to the edge, to the end, sort of, right out, or it could mean that the Jewish people had, as it were, their particular place. Now what is Pashtus, and some, we're talking now about the two and a half tribes that stayed on the East Bank. So it's not really the land which had been, uh, uh, not Eris' soil proper, because if you, if you go back to Posuk, um, where was it? Posuk, uh, Posuk Ches. It's Eris Akhnani, these are six nations only, and these are all the six nations of Eretz's soil proper. Yeah? The other four nations who were given to Avor Movinu were on the east bank. Three of them were given over to Moab, Edom, and, and Amain, and one of them, which was Rephoim, was what we got from the, the two and a half tribes, as it says in, in Devoim. So now we're talking about the reform. It's not one of these six in Eretz's soil proper. It's on the Eva Hayadin on the east side. I mean, I'm following the, the assumption, it is a machlekas on this one, the assumption that that is indeed what was always meant to be belong to the Jewish people, the land on the east bank as well, 
and uh, not there's another shit as all the all of the nations are inside Eretz Yisrael, and therefore um, and therefore this was just an additional land that was taken for no reason for additional to what had been promised to our ancestors. So one way or another, we're referring to the land on the east bank. For our Yerusha, it's Eretz Sichain, and therefore we inherited the land of Sichain. That's Eretz Menacheshbon. That's Eretz Oig Menachabosh. Now, we normally would say Sichain is Menacheshbon. Yeah? That's him. Sichain Menach Hoemori, who was living in Cheshbon. So, why would it repeat, by Yushua's Eretz Sichain, that's Eretz so the Matsuda simply says, well, sometimes we're trying to you repeat something for more emphasis or to clarify. So they were given the land of Sichain, and he, well, this was the land of the king of Cheshbon. But of course, there is another possibility. Chazal tell us that uh, that, um, that Cheshbon was part of the, the land which was Tira, Tira, Sichain. That is, Kodesh Baruch Hu told us we had no right to take over the land of either Edom, Amoin, and Mayov. Now, therefore, this part, one part of the East Bank, which was actually, was taken over by us, had formerly been in part of the land of Mayov. So if it's the land of Mayov, we had no right to take it. It belongs to Mayov. So what Kodesh Baruch Hu did was to get Sichain to fight against the Melech Mayov and chop away part of his land in, which, all the way to Cheshpan this is part of the Klal of Bilon which we're told, we told about here the Cheshpan had previously been a land of Mayov and it was now taken away by by Sichain so once Sichain gets it it's no longer belonging to Mayov and therefore we are entitled to to have it and it's also part of the land of Amoin was also taken away by Sichain, and which we got it back, which was the complaint, which we find later on with Yiftach. The Goyim complaining, give us back, and we're saying, oh no, we didn't take anything from you, we only took it away from Sichain. And uh, ignoring the fact that <laughs> it depends how far you go back to claim, for example, paintings that were taken by the Germans or whatever, or land that was taken. At what point, moment do you say, well, it's no longer the original ownership, yeah? So, the original, it was the land of Amun and Mayov, but had been chapped by Sichon, and we chapped it from the Ganov, and therefore we claimed it to be ours. Yeah, I know this will lose the title to some bit, bits of land and paintings that Jews have been uh, trying to claim back. Anyway, so that's what he, what he said here. So, it's there, therefore, it's the land of Sichon and the land, the area around Cheshbon, which had formerly been Mayov, Uvenehem and their children, you multiplied, and then, that's the rest of the Jewish people, which is Eretz Haknani, the, the, the proper land of Eretz Yisrael. They now, in, by the time of Yeshua, we went into Eretz Yisrael proper. They were told to go in. He brought them in. He did it. They captured the land. Some of the peoples were machnia themselves, like, for example, the Gyushuni who buzzed off and went to, uh, to Africa. 
or for example the the Chivi, who those who made a, uh, pretended to be Meris Ochoika, and they made Shalom with us, and those who wanted to to fight, the other ones, we fought against them, and they were handed over to us, because we see Yeshua with all the battles that he had, great successes in all those battles, Yericha and I, and a whole load of kings who we killed. And they captured cities, which were fortified cities. Yeah. And a land which was a very rich land. And they inherited houses full of good. I'll come to it, it explains all the moments, let's just go through it. This is where chatzub is when you have a, a rock and you cut into the rock and made a boya. Because if you just cut into earth, it won't sort of last, it, you know, it'll be, you lose your water. What you want to do is to get, take um, rock, and the thicker the rock is the better. I mean, you know, not limestone, you really want something like marble, yeah? And you dig into that, and then you put water in it, and it will stay. So his Beiris Chatzuvin had already been built by the people before, and we just took it over. It was already, houses were there, full of good things, the land was good, it was already, had been made ready. I mean, otherwise you go into a country, you know, empty land, you're going to have to dig these things and work hard to prepare it. You don't have to. It was already done. Kromin Vazesim, Vais Machol Arroiv. There were plenty of trees there, and in particular, the two, the two most important ones, olives and vine. And you, and you were full, satisfied. And you became fat. In the old days, fat was regarded as a good Ooh, thing. Even in the time of, uh, as you see in Ezra, they think that's a jolly good thing, that you, you're not starving and therefore hungry. I mean, that's a constant problem. What about the cholesterol? What? What about cholesterol? I think in those days, they were more worried about dying from starvation or suffering, hunger. And they were more concerned about you know, that you could actually, uh, that you, uh, you know, you'd be healthier. Yeah. Well, maybe the doctors will change their mind. Good doctors, I mean, they change their mind quite regularly. Not long ago, they were telling us how terrible it was to eat fat. And sugar, I think, was a jolly good thing. I mean, not so long ago, you could get a picture of, do you remember they used to have this triangle of food you're supposed to eat and how much carbohydrate you're supposed to eat? And one of the pictures there, what you should be eating is, or was, a Coca-Cola drink, yeah, full of sugar, yeah, yeah, that was a good, a good thing, and then eventually they've now decided, sugar is bad, fat maybe doesn't matter anymore, but who knows, maybe they'll get back, who knows what these doctors will do, you can't, you can't trust them, they, they, they change their mind, is that right doctor? Right, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> right, and they were happy, ordain is means Give me a word translation of it. Uh, it means content. Content. Yeah, pleasurable. Yeah. Had pleasure. But with your great kindness. Now, actually, if you look at these psukim here, it's really pointing out that these are the promises which Moshe Rabbeinu had mentioned in Chumash, which were all kind. Because these are very familiar words, aren't they? Orim Betsurois. You're coming into cities which are fortified and you'll be able to take them over and you've already got, as you were, the fortifications there. And these phrases of 
Botim Malayim Kol Tov Beiros Chatzuvim Kormi Vzaisim Eis Markel. I mean, all of these are which you will find in the Chumash saying Moshe Rabbeinu was promising was going to happen, and then and, and is now they're pointing out that this is actually did did actually happen. It wasn't just an empty promise. It was actually it wasn't just a politician's promise. It actually happened. And even when it says something slightly different, like the word Shemeno, we've never got you never have got the concept in Chumash when it talks about it's a Eretz Zovas Cholavudvosh. Yeah. By the way, can I just point out, Tvash there is honey, not of bees, but of uh, dates, and the, and the cholov is actually goat's milk, rather than, uh, I've never had called goat's milk, but apparently, I suppose you have to get used to it. Yeah. Like if you go to Asia's Soil, you find the milk tastes unpeculiar, you have to get used to it. So perhaps you have to get used to goat's milk, but it might be very good for you. Anyway, can I just point out, by the way, there's a famous machlekas between the Rambam and the Ramban, as to the meaning of this Malayim Kol Tuv. What does it mean? Well, obviously, it might contain jewelry and things, but those you would have thought they would take away with them and it would be hidden or whatever. So what does it mean? I mean, if you knock down the, the you knock down the house because it's a rat, you might discover it, but otherwise you wouldn't. So the Chazal tell us that they were allowed to eat anything which they, which was there, even treif. It was Malayim Kol Tuv. And, um, for that, it's a Machlaikas Rambam and Rambam. The Rambam. Um, I've gone back on to Posse. Ah, you go back. Well, just in the middle of that Posse, to explain it, where it talks about Malayan Koltuv, Posse Kaf. Hey, what does it mean, Malayan Koltuv? If it's full of Chaza, if it's full of Chaza, you know, you can't eat it, or tray for meat, you know, it hasn't been checked I mean, what are you gonna, what's the use of it? So the, the Ramban says there was a particular heta given at the time of entering Yosisrol. Any food became kosher. Ah. So it doesn't matter that it's, whatever it is, I mean, it's not. It ain't not kosher. Who says things are treif? Kodesh Baruch Hu. Kodesh Baruch Hu said it's not treif. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a bit of chaza. Eat it. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll feel... <laughs> right, that's the well, Ramban. The Ramban... I quote you now. Yeah, well, okay. it, when they came into it, you saw it. But the Ramban learns slightly differently. He learns it applies throughout the Davis, but it's replying to soldiers. That soldiers, although the soldiers do not have a complete heter, but they, that, that if there's kosher food around, eat kosher food. But nevertheless, they have to keep up their strength in the army, and therefore they're allowed to eat trafer food if there isn't readily available uh, kosher food. So, as now they came into, it's just all these foods, I mean, don't forget, they came into a country, there wasn't, you know, they had to plant and do things and whatever, so there wouldn't be necessarily food around, so the fact, the food, which is kosher, so the food that they found there, the monster the stopped when they went to it, so, so the food they found there, they could eat it if it was trifle. Nevertheless, we came into this marvelous soil. Everything is great. Going thrown away. Everything's ready for us to take over. And what happens, you you blighters? You disobeyed. And they rebelled against you. And they threw your terror behind them. You sort of, you know, something which you're not interested in, you sort of throw it behind you. Yeah. And, well, you wouldn't nowadays. Necessarily. <laughs> I, I, you get the idea. You throw it, be, you, you just throw it away, you know, discard it. And you killed the Nevi'im of Hashem. Now, when did that happen? Because we're not told of many Nevi'im before. Well, of course, in time of Ezebel, they were killed. 
That's why we're told there of Avadja that he, he, that he hid the Nevi'im of, of, uh, of Hashem because otherwise they're all going to be killed. So a certain number were Begahagat by Izebel and Achov. Then, of course, Zechariah was killed by Yoyosh. He was the one with the, the bubbling blood in the base of Amidosh, Zechariah. Not, there's two Zechariahs, by the way. This is the earlier Zechariah, Zechariah the Kohen Godel. And then lastly, the, and also then later on we find Menashe was busy killing off any, killing off Nevi'im. So, Asheheidu bomb, when these Nevi'im came along and gave Aedus against, against them, Lahashivom Elecho, to bring them back, you proceed to kill them. Yeah. No freedom of speech. Vayasu Neasos Kudelos, and you did things which were really aggravating. That means you didn't just sin. Sinning, which you do because you've got a lust, is not a, a neots. That's taiva. That's, it may be, uh, it may be, of course it's mazed, but it's understandable. A person who uh, does a, whatever they may be, uh, he's chazer, he marries a non-Jewish woman or whatever, it's taiva. So taiva is not a neots. Neots is when you do things which, just to anger, like, for example, the Posit talks about those people who went into the Beit Amigdosh and pulled down their trousers and performed, um, that's called Nietzsche, that's, they're doing it deliberately. It's rather like those Jews who in the, not so long ago, used to turn up in front of, on shawls on Yom Kippur and deliberately outside and used to smoke just to show they were, or, or those people who had nothing better to do on their shoppers than to drive down Bar Ilan just to annoy the people of the, the residents of Bar Ilan. Now that's, Neats are doing things to anger, um, and they, oh, they are angry. Yeah. What? It's, it's the hachis, yeah. You're just doing it to just to cause, just to show your hatred of Hashem or of the religion. And it's called Neats as Gedolos. So what happened? Now this is very interesting how the Malbim explains in Ex-Psukim is really, I'm not sure one would have seen as much as there is in these Psukim without this Malbim. But it's fairly obvious once you look at it. First of all, this was the original. So the first time you misbehave, uh, you treat people a bit gently. So the Jews then were handed over to their people who were giving them suffering. They're not called Ivehem, they're called Sorehem. So it means they were handed over to these nations who used to come along and pillage and uh, would uh, you know, just generally give us Sotsar. Right, Sorolahem, and they, these, and, and these people gave us sorrows. You know, they cut their animals, or perhaps kept slaves, or whatever. Uveisorosa. So in the time of suffering, then, Yitzaku Elecho, they cried out to you. Yeah? That's the solution. You didn't have got problems. Cry out to Kodesh They cried out. Because, you, you would have thought that would not be acceptable, because, the person who cries out to Hashem because he's got sorrows is rather like they said. There's no, uh, there's no, there's no atheists in the, uh, in the, uh, in, in, well, in the foxholes, yeah, in the foxholes. The First World War. I mean, anyone who's, you know, when you, when you, 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 you find you're, you know, you're in danger, you call out to God. That's but just sorrow. Somebody just chuva only in a time of suffering is not is a, a very second rate tshuva, isn't it? You're not doing it out of love, Hashem. You're only doing it out of out of out of the punishment. And as soon as the punishment goes away, you're going to go back to it, but you're not really tshuva. The type of tshuva meyuro when you're you've been punished is really not tshuva at all, because as soon as the yuro goes away, you're prepared to 
go back. So the, they're in its source, they cry out to Hashem, and he saves them even though, yeah, even though they're really not sorry, so except that they're being, they're, they're being suffering, yeah. It's rather like you would to one of your children, and you, you tell them not to do, don't, don't go there, it's dangerous. The child goes there, and then you discover it, and you're rushing around trying to get the kid out of the problem that they've got themselves in, which you told them not to do. So Kodesh Baruch then, it, given that we, uh, although we've done even Nertus Gedolus, nevertheless um, would would come along and um, save them. Tishma, you heard it in heaven, their cries. And in your great mercy, was this going to be great? You gave them a salvation. Salvation is, is a big thing. You know, you're, you're totally saved. It's more, not just it reduces the suffering. It's a total salvation. Like we had, for example, with Devoira, or we, like we had with Gideon, we completely got out of the problems that we'd had until that time. The, the problem was terminated. You're out. You've, like you, you've had your illness. You dove into Hashem. Please let this operation be successful. People who are about to have operation often dove very well. Yeah. They dove them well. The operation's over. Oh, they're now back to normal in all ways. Yeah, that's the... Uh, so they they had a, a Yeshua and everything's great. And he saved them. He sent them a, a saver like Gideon and and Devorah and saved them from their enemies. So what happened? And then and then when things became nice, you know, Kavches things relaxed again. You know, you're whew, Got out of that, you know, you've had your operation, you're now fine. You've recovered. Your shuvalas as well, they reverted back to sin before you. And then, by now, Kodesh was a bit fed up of this. But Ta'azvein. So before it was only Fayit's name, now it's, Ta'azvein is dessert. That means not just a, a casual, it's a long time. Leave them. Bayad Oivehem. Not just the people who just plunder who are doing it for their own benefit, these are enemies, these people who hate us. Yeah? There's all difference in the world, I think Begin says in his book, Long Nights, between Stalin, who just wanted the, the, his people to work and to build up his, uh, his country, and Hitler, who just wanted to kill. Yeah? So these are Ivey, and we're handed over to our enemies. Not just they would come along, pillage and go away, but they would actually rule over us and be that our lords, and it would be like the, like the, after the Norman conquest, the, the country now belonged to the Normans, and everybody in the country now became serfs of the, Norm, of the Normans. We became serfs of Ashur and other countries. So there we go back. And we cry out. You heard it. And you saved us. But not Rachamecha Horabim, as we said in the previous case, and we're not given a Yeshua. We remember it many times, but it's not a proper salvation. So therefore, you know, you, you've done it too often. You, you, you're not going to get the complete salvation you'd had before. Just can I just point out, by the way, that earlier it said, um, no, no, I think I'm going to. So what happens now? Pusikav Tesfa Torah Bohem, 
and you gave evidence to them through the Nevi'im, that is, the Hashivam, that they should repent. And they were deliberate and refused. And in them, and they sinned in relation to the mitzvahs. Now that's a peculiar phrase. It should have said something like they chotu v'loish osu mishpotecho or something. It's a strange phrase. Uva mishpotecho and in your judgments chotu vom they sinned in them. And I saw the Malbim again through the Pshat, which Mr. is unfortunately Mr. Zanger Shavufur Shalema. He's just having his, uh, he had an operation on his cataracts. He says, he had it done yesterday. I phoned this morning. He tells me he's going to come back to share tomorrow. This, this, this is unbelievable sometimes. Uh, the kayak of a, <laughs> the strength of character and the strength of Halavayafas Unzgazot, yeah. So, um, so what did he say? He had, well, he's been darshaning, hasn't he, about something about when somebody hurts somebody else for their own reasons, then they cannot anymore say that they'd, and they're not doing it Hashem Shemaim, they have no right to do it at all, and it's regarded as, as a sin. Like, for example, if, if I'm a teacher and I hit a pupil because he's, because the old days used to believe in that, I hit a pupil because he, he needs a little bit of cuff around the ears or, or the, or, or, or the cane that we are no doubt all got when we were young, yeah? We got the cane. So that's, uh, that, that's doing what he's supposed to do. But if he's really sadistic and he's doing it for his own enjoyment, then he can no longer say, I'm doing what's ought to do, and he's, then it becomes an Aveira what he's done. Yeah? Although the action is, would otherwise be justifiable. So that's what the Malbin wants to say here. Or even when they did what was just law, the just punishments or whatever, because they weren't doing it for the sake of a Kodesh Baruch, they were just doing it for their own personal benefit. The mitzvahs are the things which we which are supposed to be living with, and they didn't do that. It's another, he's got, obviously got, in addition to the next phrase, they, they, they stiffen their necks. We now got another phrase, you sort of turn your back. You know, they turn their shoulder away, you know. It's another phrase, and they turn his back on him. And they didn't listen to Hashem. So let's perhaps see Rashi so far. I don't think there's any anything important. Lepeo, um, that's the either the, the Rashi and the Goyim were thrown away. Says Rashi, they were pushed to the edge. And the aim of that was the Kodesh Baruch who wanted the, the Goyim to be away from us, otherwise we can learn from the Goyim and we would as indeed they actually did do, because they didn't completely remove the goyim, and they still kept them in uh, in, in Eretz soil, and therefore they did indeed learn from their habits. But it means for achnoas, it became humbled. Now I think Rashi's worrying about tishma is a future, isn't it? You should, you should. And it can't make any sense. So Rashi says, sometimes you're using the future when you mean something which happens constantly. You constantly listened. 
you spread on, on there many times that is your mercy. And you still started giving witnesses to them, your spirit through the Nevi'im. That's why I suggested before, Ruchacha means Nevi'im. We talked about in the midbar we had ruach. For lo yezino, you didn't listen. For titnaim biyad amehorotzos, and therefore you were handed over to the goyim. Amehorotzos means for those who live in Israel. It means the goyim. Ubrachamecho harabim lo sisim kolo. And this time, therefore, we've been totally handed over, but nevertheless, we haven't been destroyed. So there was a much destruction but not a termination. You might say that to his own European jury was not terminated, but it was um, largely decimated. Right, uh, decimated. For you didn't completely lead them over. Kikeo, Chanun, Varachum, Otto. I mean, this is really what it says in the posit, and it? it says that, even when you're in your fall, what is in your fall? The Ramban in the Chumash says, when we talk about, we're going to see this in a moment, when you talk about a foreign land, you don't mean necessarily Yidden in Bovel or Asher. You're talking about the fact that Eretz's soil no longer belongs to us. So you call it the, uh, in, in their land, meaning it's no longer Jewish land. We don't, we're no longer a free country even though being attacked every now and then, we're now subjugated. It's their land. They are the owners. But Eretz Ivehem does not therefore mean only Bovel. It means Eretz soil when we're under control of the... That's why the Ramban, who learns that the Parshas Bukhukesai, is referring to the first Golos, and, and the, the ones in Gisava is referring to the Roman Golos, so they refers to Afayosam Eretz Ivehem. He says when which is what we're talking about now in Nehemiah. When we come back to Eretz soil, it's the land of the Goyim, because they are the owners. And, and we're under the Persian control, and we're just allowed by the Persians to, to live in Eretz soil. You know, your ancestral lands were allowed you, rather like the Red Indians were allowed to have ancestral lands, or Aborigines in, in, uh, in Australia, this whole thing. So, Rachmecho, Rosinian, Vatoil, Akeno, Hokeil, Hagodoil, Hagibo, Hanoiro, Shame, Habris, Vachesed, Positol on the base, you, Akeno, I'll come back to Hokeil, Hagodoil, Gibano next time, I think, because that's the, this is where we, we say that the Anshi Knesset Gdoilo, which is referring to, re-established Hokeil, Hagodoil, Hagibo, Hanoiro. We, we stopped using these words after the first Chorban. We couldn't see any kale, god, or we couldn't see the god of Gibbon. And um, therefore we dropped it, and now they reinstated it and, with a new explanation, which well, I think that takes time to talk about next week. Shame, I'll just finish off. Shame, Habris, Vachesed, Ali, Matula, Fonecho, is Kolat's law, and Shame, so Don't minimize in front of you. It'd be the, all the suffering we've already had, because the punishment we've had should make produce the forgiveness. The Molchenu, the Soreno, the Chehaneno, the Vienu, the Avaseno, 
or the Fana Amecho, we may Melech Ashur, who actually made us into slaves of him, Adim Azer, until, until now. But I think we'll have to go over this positive again next week, musician. This is really a history of Jews. You've actually got the same thing in, in Shaftim as well, chapter base, where he talks about all this, we constantly sinned, and, we're, and then the Krishna who saved us, and we sinned again, Krishna who saved us. But here, of course, he's going much further into history. You now come to, even to Bobel and Persia. Same story. <laughs> Pick up some more.